0: Hi and welcome to the podcast on podcastmybusiness.com.au and today we welcome Sam at cheesetherapy.com.au and yep guess what we're going to be talking about today uh, cheese and the benefits of cheese and how they've gone through bushfires and coronavirus and everything else and it managed to expand. Hi Sam, how you doing? um great tony thank you very much for inviting me here no that's cool that's good and i will come up with some cheesy jokes i'm sure and i um, can't wait (laughs) (laughs) well and like i promised we will mention wallace and gromit if nobody's seen wallace and gromit you need to because wallace is obsessed with cheese in fact he's obsessed with wensleydale so do you have wensleydale cheese
1: Oh, we actually do. One of our small makers in uh, Victoria, about three hours east of Melbourne, a place called Mafra, uh, there's a lady there. Uh, oh, I reckon uh, Feriel would be in her 70s, and she makes all English-style cheeses, but one of them in particular that is fantastic is her Wensleydale.
0: Mm. Well, there you go, because, of course, cheese, France and UK. Um, so...
1: Where did cheese originate? Where did cheese originate, Gee? It's a very very good question. Now, some of the cheeses uh, date back a good 4,000 years. You know, it's interesting that, you know, cheese does uh, predate religion um, in certain circumstances. There's one, for example, called Oso Arati, which is from the Pyrenees, uh, straddles both sides of the French and Spanish border. Uh, and there are recipes that have been found dating back about 4,000 years on that. Uh, everything pre-4,000 years really is speculation in terms of the, the origin of cheese.
0: Mm, okay. And what about for Australia? I guess cheese came out with the first white settlers um, to Australia.
1: Yeah, it certainly did. Um, you know, cheese has always been part of the Australian landscape, just as dairy has been. But it's really only been about sort of 40, 50 years ago where we started to see uh, the artisan cheese movement. And the reason for that was that our dairy industry was going through a very uh, painful period Uh probably 50, 60 years ago, we had about 60,000 dairy farms here in Australia. Today, we've only got about 6,000. Uh, and what some of the smart dairy farmers recognised was that if they turned their product into cheese, they were able to value add and uh, get more money per litre for their cheese. So really there are a couple of uh, standouts being Tarago River and Millua Cheese Co., both in Victoria who started and have led the artisan cheese movement here in the country, and I think uh, a lot of these small makers, certainly around the country, uh, do thank them very much for being the pioneers of this uh, of this movement. Excellent.
0: Okay. Now, um, of course, you are based in Queensland, so there's a lot of where where were the regions? I mean, I know Tasmania is becoming very famous for its cheese, but where does um, most artisan cheese come from in australia
1: yeah look most of it is in victoria uh it's got a very big cheese culture but also a great uh dairy industry down there we do we actually run all of our operations out of geelong so that we're closer to the cheese makers because uh, it doesn't make sense for us to bring cheese from victoria up to queensland and then send it back down so everything tends to be centered around uh victoria we've got uh, some in South Australia, southern New South Wales, and like you said, a few in Tasmania that are quite emergent. So, uh, but you know, there's the only state where I haven't found great cheese so far is Northern Territory, but uh, you never know.
0: Exactly. I'm sure they'll come up with it one day. Um, <laughs> a warm climate cheese. I can just imagine a warm climate cheese and a warm climate wine going together and having tastings for that so that'll be very interesting okay now talking about um victoria and cheese and the like and we've all suffered through corona or rona as i say um so how's it gone for the business and the restrictions in victoria on your business
1: oh look uh You know, I really do have to say that lockdowns here in Australia have helped us as a business. Uh, you know, we're a, we're a home delivery business and, uh, like most other home delivery businesses, we've seen an absolute boom in, in what we have. Uh, but our, uh, the boom in our business actually started a couple of months before at the end of January, one of our cheesemakers, Miloa, who I mentioned earlier, came to us. Asking for help because what had happened was that because of the bushfires in their region, uh, and they were, they were absolutely devastating last summer. Uh, they had lost all of their tourist trade. Now they rely quite heavily on tourist trade to not just for that moment in time, but people going back to their towns and cities looking for Miloa cheeses in their local, um, delis and stores. And they had made about two tonnes of cheese for the three, four months prior, but all of that tourist traffic had gone. So Gredwyn reached out and she just said, look, Sam, I'm on the brink of financial ruin if we don't do something. Could we do a pack?" And I thought, to be honest, I thought we'll sell 50 packs, Um, But we put the call out to Australians and in the month of February, we cleared those 2000 kilograms of Miloa cheese. Uh, wow. we got them back on their feet and cleared out their cheese cave. And I think, uh, Helen, my partner and I got our last cheese pack out the first week of March. And we thought, to be honest, we just thought, Oh, how good was February? Now let's just wait for the Christmas rush to come in. But lo and behold, three weeks later, we roll straight into Corona lockdowns. And all of a sudden I've got every other cheesemaker in the country calling me up and just saying, Sam, can you do for us what you did for Millowar? And we realized that nobody else in the country was taking action and we just needed to step up. We needed to uh, take control of this situation and help these cheesemakers. Look, to be honest, Helen and I had nothing to lose. Uh, you know, we're an online business. It's not like we have a lot of infrastructure, you know, that we're risking. But we put it all out there. We put it out to Australians. And what we have really seen this year is that when Australians see someone in need, they're always going to be there to help. And that's what Australians did. Australians supported all the cheesemakers that we uh, started promoting. And all of our cheesemakers have made it through the last six months and – our cheesemakers now aren't eligible for JobKeeper. That's how well they've been going. It's bloody brilliant. Mm.
0: That is really, really good. And look, well done today. And you are, as you say on your website, you're saving Australian cheese and Australians are helping to save Australian cheese. So what's your favourite cheese? Oh,
1: i tell you what. My favourite <laughs> cheese is the cheese I'm eating right now. Um, <laughs> and it look... I don't have a favorite cheese because cheese goes with your mood and what you're drinking and eating with it, the people that you're sharing it with. Uh, I, what I particularly love is understanding the stories behind each of the cheeses. You know, you have to remember that the cheese makers that we support, they're all small, you know, generally family cheese makers where I know each of them personally. I speak to them every week. I know all the stories. I know. You know when they're milking, what they're milking, um, how they've been maturing their cheeses, Uh, but also some of you know. I know their background. I know how they came to be, and I we have this saying here at Cheese Therapy that you think oh sorry you taste with your mind, and it's true. The more you know about something, the better something tastes. So uh, yeah, it's the cheese, my favorite cheese right now is uh, whatever the the story is that I'm loving the most.
0: Mm. Now, I've just gone to the Millerwa cheeses. And yeah. I don't know, is this particularly correct to call a cheese stinky? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah, because it stinks. <laughs> 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 a, a wash rind
1: cheese, I'll tell you what. So a wash rind cheese uh, starts off as a camembert, you know, those white mold cheeses. But yeah. instead of it developing that nice, soft, fluffy white mold around the outside, they wash it in a brine uh, each day for the first uh, one or two weeks. And so you can wash it in a brine or a whiskey. We've got one cheese maker who washes theirs in a stout. Um, can be done in wine. But what happens is that by washing this cheese as a wash rind, uh, that white mold doesn't develop, but a bacteria growth happens. And, uh, (laughs) a really good wash rind, people will seek that thing out. You can, you can smell it certainly before you, before you, uh, before you see it. And it smells like dirty socks, but the flavors, once you get it into your mouth, are just unbelievable. It's, uh, it's just such a mind
0: bend of smelling something so bad, but tastes so damn good. So does that mean if I get my tasty cheese and leave it out and it goes mouldy, that that's what we're aiming for? Uh, no, you're just going to end up with uh, mouldy cheese then, aren't you? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a tradition, isn't it? You, know, you see you've got cheese in the fridge and it's got mouldy and you cut it off and you go, I can still eat it. Is that actually true?
1: No, that's true. That's true. So, look, yeah. uh when we're developing moulds on cheeses, you know, obviously blue blue cheese is full of mould, uh, our camemberts and triple creams and those kinds of things, they're all covered in mould, but even things like cheddars, uh you know, cheese is a very hardy product. So you can simply scrape that uh that mould off and it's still good.
0: Okay, well there we go. Okay, look, that's good to know. So, uh, how can we help support cheesemakers around Australia?
1: Oh, it's it's very easy. Just jump on to cheesetherapy.com.au. Now we've created a cheesemaker pack for every cheesemaker that we deal with, and so the beauty of this is that we don't tell them what goes into their pack. They decide the cheeses that show off their business the best. Uh, so it's great. So, you know, we send, for example, a a town in Northern Territory called Nullumboy. I had to look it up to see where Nullumboy is. We sold, sent about 50 packs to Nullumboy this year. It's so remote, but they're eating cheeses from 40 K south of, uh, Hobart, um, you know, from Nimbin Valley, from South Australia. It's amazing how what we've been able to achieve is to allow people to have access to beautiful produce from small makers, regardless of where they are in this country.
0: Mm, that's really really helpful. And what about markets, farmers' markets and now that they're starting to come back? I guess that's another avenue you can help cheesemakers makers as well.
1: Yeah, look, uh, you know, because we sort of we cover the national stuff. Now I certainly encourage everybody if you if you aren't in lockdown and you can get to a farmer's market get there and support the small producers that show up there week week in week out because those guys are actually the micro producers you know most of these guys don't have a Facebook page they don't have a website but they turn up you know in some cases for years uh, because they just have this passion for producing cheese so those micro makers um, at all those farmers' markets definitely, please,
0: get down there and support your local makers. Absolutely. And what about in supermarkets? Do they get I, – I know my local Woolworths, and I guess the same with Coles, um, there's all these cheeses, and I'm thinking, hmm, it's right near the exit to the store, but they split <laughs> them up from cheddar cheese is another section. I'm thinking, is this just a way for them to try and gouge us extra cash as we leave,
1: yeah. Look, one of the I think one of the things that uh, we've been able to achieve this year is shorten the time from the cheesemaker to the plate. So when a cheesemaker gives us their cheesemaker pack, um, it'll be on someone's table within seven days. So the cheesemakers are now have that in their mind that they can now mature the cheeses uh, so that the cheese that you're tasting is exactly how the cheese maker wants you to taste it. But the problem with supermarkets is that they require six to eight weeks shelf life. Uh, and so what you're often getting there is, you know, a really immature cheese that hasn't developed the flavors. It's, you know, two months away from where the cheese maker would want it. But um, here's my hot tip, Tony. My hot cheese Munger tip, if you see a cheese on sale, like a Camembert Brie, something like that, if you see one on sale in a supermarket and it's a quality cheese, that's when you buy it because cheese actually tastes better after its best before date and not before.
0: You know, I often look at cheese, especially in the deli section, I go, oh, and they've got those little packs that are pre-made, sitting in the cling film and I've heard that they should never be kept in the cling film for that length of time. Yep that's exactly right yep
1: that's exactly right so you know you just imagine anything that's a living you wrap it in plastic you're going to suffocate it if I put glad wrap around your head you really wouldn't like it too much would you? (laughs) <laughs> and it's the same with cheese, white mold, you know, the blue molds, all those kinds of things. It's a living, breathing uh, organism. So that cheese, if it's not in plastic, is still growing. It's still living. As soon as we suffocate it, that cheese then starts to die. It doesn't uh mature anymore. It's pretty much stopped. Um So, you know, great if you want a product lasting, you know, eight weeks, three months, four months on a shelf, but it's not actually what we want. What we're after is great tasting flavours. You know, we're after stuff that the cheese is proud of,
0: uh, and you're not going to get that with Gladra. Yeah, absolutely, and I love that tip, buying after the best before date because, yeah, it's misleading all those best before dates. On some foods, we have an expert here telling us what we can do, so please don't take this as food advice for every single thing. Um, just on cheeses just a little bit after they use used by like Cool. All right. Thanks very much for that, Sam. Anything else you'd like to add? No, I think if people can
1: just help the Australian cheese industry and also remember that there's dairy farmers that supply to all of these small cheese makers. So the, the more artisan cheese that we're able to sell right across the country, whether it's from us, whether it's from your farmer's markets or your local deli, please get out there and support this great Australian industry because if we don't, then we're going to lose an art.
0: Mm, Absolutely, it is an art. And uh, I got to the end and I didn't make a single cheesy joke, so there we go. (sighs) I'm so (laughs) disappointed, Tony. (laughs) So am I. So am I, but there you go. All right, thanks very much, Sam. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. So am I, but there you go.